Good evening everyone, I'm so excited to be with you. In an unusual place for me, I'm going to be the chair, the host this evening of what is to be a very exciting conversation with three wonderful and amazing people that I have come to know and really admire. Let me bring them onto the screen. There is Jay John, known to many of you, uh, I am sure. Jay John, it's great to have you with us. Thank and you for your extraordinary work in evangelism over four decades now. And I remember meeting you for the first time when you came to Weymouth with Eric Dell. And um, that was almost 40 years ago. I was in the sixth form and we saw revival at our school during that period. Our Christian Union exploded. There were over a hundred people in the science lab. We had, we, science labs trying to meet because of that Weymouth mission. It was the most extraordinary moment. So I've been following you, J. John, for decades now. And it's really amazing to have, in, some, in many ways, just grown, along, grown alongside you. So welcome and thank you so much oh, for the only work that you do. Andrea, it's a delight to be with you tonight and with Christian Concern. Love everything that you guys are doing and want to support wherever we can. Um, but yeah, I have fond memories of coming to your school all those years ago. Yes. We, we want to see more of that, don't we, Andrea? Well, you see, the thing is, Jay John, it was the first mission um, I had kind of formal mission that I'd been involved in. And I thought that every mission was like that. I know. I thought that we saw it, we would see explosions of faith. I then shortly left the university and felt that if we just did missions like this, the whole university would turn to Jesus. Of course, yeah. I began to see that the territory was harder than I thought as I got out yeah. into the world. But that, that was an amazing mission in it Weymouth was. those years ago. Next, I'd love to bring on to the screen for our conversation, uh, the lovely Laura Brett. Um, Laura's trained as a midwife. I know that she works with you, Jay John, as well, that she's been in your, she's been, um, that we met Laura at one of your conferences, uh, Jay John, but you trained as a midwife, Laura. You've got a passion for, um, for, for women's ministry, Mm -hmm. uh, in particular for um, a mission also to the children, uh, capturing the hearts of the children, um, speaking up, but also really seeking the heart of God in these situ situations. So Laura, how, how long have you been involved particularly in, with women and children? I've always um, had a real heart for women. In fact, it was my calling um, into um, Christianity, really. That's my salvation. I was hearing a wonderful evangelist called Floyd McClung preach. Yes bless him yes. um, and he was talking about his work with the um sex workers in the red light district of amsterdam and that's what sort of got my heart and that's how i found jesus so i've always had a heart for women and then i trained as a midwife and set up various women's ministries and children's ministries amazing to have you with us and what i love about this passion you hear we tonight we've got passionate people with a passionate love for the Lord Jesus Christ, for King Jesus, but also mm. this passion, you can see there in Laura's heart, can't we? Just, you know, Floyd McClung, the father heart of God, uh, mm. this kind of the, the working with the, um, uh, that heart for women trapped in the slave trade and all the stuff that comes from that. 
yeah. and see as a result of that really your life and ministry um, turning uh, to serving and bringing Jesus to, 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 to women. Amen. So our other guest this evening, and I know that he knows you too, yes. Yes, is Dominic, Dominic Muir. Um, he will be known um, to those in the ministry here at Christian, Christian Legal Centre as one of the street preachers. We've been helping many street preachers um, in this period, but one of the street preachers that um, has faced being arrested by the police, taken off uh, the street, but as someone that we've sought to um, defend, watch over, ensure that he can continue to do his amazing work. He goes around in a truck <laughs> very often, now believe we've got an extraordinary message on the side of this truck. Go visit his website. Also, he with his wife, Thea, are really developing a ministry all around identity in Jesus Christ. This last weekend, they had an incredible um, mission, or not mission, a gathering at Jesus Fields. And you also started David's talk, didn't you, Dominic? So perhaps you could just tell us a little bit about your ministry. Thanks, Andrea, so much. It's great to be on the show. I just want to briefly honor Christian Concern, Andrea particularly. You've, you've helped me out twice. You, you, whenever I go on social media, you're fighting another battle. And I just bless you guys. I thank God for you. And I thank God for your tenacity and your faithfulness to the gospel. And it's not a popular position you're in. And, you, and I just thank God for you. So bless you. And also, I just want to honor Jay John. 40 years. Wow, I did not know it was that long that you've just uh, forged a path and pioneered in evangelism. Um, you've blessed me so many times. You make me laugh as well. Yes. And uh, you've also helped <laughs> you and I as kind of um, uh, you and Killy's kind of almost spiritual parents and helped us with our um, I am so many things. So just thank, thank you. For that. Appreciate really. it. And, I and your family as well. And Ben John and just it's just all happening. Um, Laura, you are a fiery one. You are one who takes a stand. You're one who gets it. it you know, out in the trenches, and um, and I'm thankful not only for your ministry but also your friendship. Yeah. So yeah, um, Andrea, I don't know what to say really, except that um, that yeah, I just want to see um, revival. I want to see reformation. Uh, we Me need too. to see um, we need to see millions of souls come into the kingdom. That's it. And it, 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 now is the time. Now now is the time for the torch to be lit. And um, I, I'm I'm just thrilled to be gathering together i think with the with the remnant of the church who are just saying you know come holy spirit well there's a great place to start and i think J. john as in some ways i'm gonna i'm gonna sort of be alongside you i'm a little bit younger than you but i want to say to you you're the veteran on the block here i'm the veteran evangelist and someone that we've all watched all our lives and had an impact on each one of our lives and I want to say, to, I want to ask you, I want to start out by asking you, during this COVID pandemic, we've, I mean, I've seen your ministry shift, shift gear, change uh, in terms of how to do evangelism. And that's the question um, uh, for this live stream this evening. Evangelism during COVID, what have been the opportunities? Um, and also perhaps even, what have also been the deficits in it? What, first of all, perhaps you could talk about yeah. some of the opportunities that you've seen. Thanks, Andrea. Well, Andrea, I'm going to kick off by reading a scripture that yeah. I 
I think sums up what's been happening this last year. And it's from Psalm 60, verse two. And it says this, you have shaken our land and split it open. Seal the cracks for the land trembles. I think something like that, Andrew, has happened in this last year. You have shaken our land and split it open. Um, and uh, the gospel is never locked down. Never. Amen. Never. No one, no government, nothing <laughs> can lock the gospel down. Never. I think that's that's very, very important. If we want to share the gospel with confidence, we have to have confidence in the gospel. Yeah. Now, every time I, I say something that I think is important, I'll just do a little pause. <laughs> I'm going to repeat that, Andrea. If we want to share the gospel with confidence, we have to have confidence in the gospel and i know that you andrea do i know that dominic and laura and i do christian concern does that we have confidence in the gospel the gospel offers us forgiveness from the past new life here today and a hope for the future it's only the gospel of jesus that offers us that so that is our reference point that is our anchor. That is the solid rock that we stand on. And so during during this season since March last year, I, you know, I had within about two days, I had a nine months worth of ministry all cancelled. And um, I was not discouraged at all because I, I believe that the Lord reigns and rules. So I was like, OK, Lord, what do we do? And, you know, I'll give you one example. So we had um, 14 carol services. Uh, these were in towns and cities. So, that, you know, pretty large ones in large venues, all cancelled. OK, so I thought, OK, why don't we produce a Christmas evangelistic resource and then just give it away and see how many churches want to use it? And 1,398 churches used our Christmas resource. So instead of us going to 14 cities and towns, you know, for 14 evenings, um, I, I ended up preaching at 1,398 churches, preaching the gospel. So th th I can repeat that kind of story many, many times. Um, I was invited on Easter Day last year to preach to 120 prisons simultaneously. Um, and this is by the prison service because uh, the prisoners uh, have been stuck in their cells uh, for most of the 24 hours this new way of communicating with them was set up so they gave me 20 minutes to preach the gospel and they liked it so much they asked me to do Christmas day and then I did Christmas day to again 120 prisoners uh, prisons and the organizers said to me they're almost certain that 80,000 prisoners tuned in. Oh, you see, that is incredible. And that's, and we want to see revival in the prisons, don't we? Yes. I, yeah. I feel really interesting about that. And I thank God for you and the fact, thank God for that statistic. Um, 
what I also think institutionally we have is a situation whereby many Christians are being physically stopped from going into the prisons. So you've got in via this school of technology. Yes. Remember the case of Pastor Paul Song, who's also a great evangelist who for 20 yes. years has been going into Brixton prison, but because a Muslim imam became the chief chaplain, essentially he was yes. stopped. Banned, and we—that isn't an isolated story in our prisons. No, understand. So, but I'm, what I'm loving, and what I'm loving in, in, in your story is, I know that Christmas is your favourite time of the year, sure. Jacob, and I know that you love doing carol services. So, but does, that would have been a, a a disappointment when you got cancelled. But well, you said you weren't cowed out because immediately um, you thought of a new a way of turning. Sure, but, but what, Andrew? What's the but Andrea, what's so exciting is that before COVID, the opportunity to speak to 120 prisons, 80,000 prisoners mm -hmm. did not exist. Yeah. It only came about because of lockdown. And so this is the great opportunity. Yes. And there's a sense in which now that's a virtual connection. Uh, and that's amazing. The gospel goes out, and we know when when countries have been locked down historically, taking the gospel in, going in through the airwaves has been absolutely critical. A long used evangelism method. Uh, how are we going to follow through on that kind of opportunity, J. John, in a in a in a world that has so forgotten God, in a, in a in a fabric? That, I mean, God can break through, but how? What do you think about that? Or what does uh, Laura? What do you think? I just, I just think that, um, I just think everything shifted as per that uh, scripture. You know, there's been a shaking and a complete change. And so I think that God is doing a new thing. The old has gone, the new has come. And we just have to, we have to join in with what he's doing. And, and I was going to say that actually my, my ministry changed in that it became a lot more sort of one-to-one -one doorstep evangelism, kind of like Acts 2 church all over again. I had um I had a I bought a blackboard and I put it at the end of my driveway and I put different scripture on it every day. I had a basket, I had tracks in it, I used sort of Dave Sharples, you know, the four point. I used this book here written by somebody called J. John, and I sort of just left them and let people sort of take them. And um that was amazing. I think that, you know, that was kind of a way in. I think during those lockdowns that we changed and we got used to doing different things like going for lots of walks because that's all we could do. So there was that opportunity to talk to people one to one and have that kind of deep conversation. And like you, Jay John, not quite on the same scale, but I think my ministry online went up a gear as well. So I was able to do lots of posts on social media um sort of you know giving a scripture giving a thought uh, maybe a prophetic word and also i started to do vlogs which i'd never done before um and that was really interesting and it, it really connected i think with a lot of people a lot of people in my network and beyond who um they wouldn't call themselves christians and i don't even know if they have a faith at all but they 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 felt connected with those words so yeah i just think god's doing a new thing and i don't think we need to worry about what that's going to look like well, that's been what's been fascinating there is that we've um for, for me is that for j john it was like he, there was an explosion so to speak to eighty thousand uh people yes. christmas uh for you uh laura you said well the it first went, thing you yeah. said was that it went to the one and that isn't that amazing how god is using um 
two people with evangelistic ministries and in a sense changing out changing and shaping them or using them in this moment uh dominic how about you how what's you i know that you've continued to be out on the streets a lot um and for that you've got into trouble at times but also we've seen in this last this last weekend a gathering how, so tell us a little bit about that yeah well if i could just um uh copy J. John and re read a scripture, I would love to, because I think that's a good place to start for me. Um, this one's from Acts chapter 4, and mm. it, it, it comes at a time when um, Peter is released from prison and threatened that he shouldn't preach the doctrine of Jesus. He shouldn't teach or preach in the name of Jesus. It says this in 20, verse 23, and being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So they so when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. I really feel like, I mean, there are many scriptures that are coming to the fore uh, kind of right now in, in this season. This is one of them. Um, what I loved about hearing about J. John was that for me, we see the sovereignty of God throughout the book of Acts. We see this sort of um, God using the enemy like a chess piece, if you like. Mm -hmm. And here we see with J. John something that could have stopped him. It just blows up. With Laura, it down to the one, and then the social media is, is is growing as well. And within this, there's no doubt that the persecution has gone up. There's no doubt that the, there is, um, you know, that Psalm 2 raging of the nations, plotting, you could call it, um, a taking the kings and rulers taking their stand against the Lord, his people, and against his Christ. And... Um, uh, my encouragement to the church is for us to be ready for that, to be to, to not see it as strange, to not be surprised. Paul in Romans talks about don't don't think it's strange when these things start to heat up a little bit. And that is happening, uh, which is why I'm so grateful for Christian concern and things like that, because actually there's a standing going on. There's a it, the church is learning to stand when perhaps for the last few decades we haven't really needed to. We've sort of been a Christian country. We've been in Christendom, but actually we're seeing, we've seen a big tidal shift and um, there's definitely a cry for boldness. You know, there's Lord, there's a raising of our voices in, in, and that's what we've been doing. We've just had a weekend of, of gathering together uh, in, in a field, Jesus Fields uh, is the name of the event. And we've been raising our voice. We've been worshiping. We've been saying, Lord, look at the situation, look upon their threats and grant us for this next season boldness that we might preach your word and um, just being, you know, it doesn't, the, the, the method doesn't change. Just being filled with the Holy Spirit, just saying, Lord, here I am, send me. And um, <clears throat> as you, as you alluded to, so for, for me, 
um, I, I love to preach the gospel. I'd, I would love a stadium. I would love a thousand prisons, my goodness. Um, but I'm also okay on the back of my truck. I, lo- I just love to preach the gospel. I know that uh, J. John was saying this from the start. The gospel message hasn't changed. The power, you know, we're not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation. What's amazing about this time is how um, how much raging there's going on in the spirit realm. You've got BLM, you've got um, uh, you've got the, the the climate change activists, you've got the, the anti-lockdown, you've got all these different sort of messages going out. And really what everyone wants is salvation. Really the, the end of all of these kind of activism um, things going on is a, is, a, is a crying out for God. And so this is our hour, for the, this is the church's hour to rise above all the noise with the, in the power of the Holy Spirit and preach the gospel. I use the back of a truck, we put stages up, we door knock, the whole lot. Believing all, I know that we all believe that there is power in the gospel message itself, and I know and courage is the flower of conviction. And when we believe in the power of the gospel, so we have confidence, as, as Jay, Jay John said, to speak it so that people will be changed. I want to say to you then, as evangelists, why are we not seeing that change? Dominic has spoken of, of these movements um, in, in, in the space. We're facing a pandemic where there is a huge fear of death. That's what there is. A, we have a political climate. We have a, we're living in a world uh, where we've allowed ourselves to be locked down uh, because we have been told that unless we are, we, that we're, we're, we're told that we're risking death or risking putting others uh, in death when the, the, when the message of the gospel will keep people free from the fear of death. But we've closed our churches. Well, we fought to keep them open, but there's been a closing of the churches. There's been online explosions, but following people through so that they really know, to know that they know the power of the gospel. Um, Why have we not, why do you think we haven't yet seen revival, J. John, or reformation? Well, I I think there's a a, a number of different things there, Um, Andrea. Let me just read you this quote from G.K. Chesterton. And he said, I've got I've got all these little post-it stickers all over my computer with these different quotes. But this one I've been mulling over um, recently. He said, we do not want a church that will move with the world. We want a church that will move the world. That's it. And probably one of the biggest hindrances to evangelism is the church so instead of the church helping it's hindering you've got to hold that also you've got to hold this no one can thwart the purposes of god so we've always got to hold that truth no one's going to thwart the purposes of god god's not going to allow the church to thwart the purposes of god but it's obvious that the church generally doesn't help and the church needs a revival when we we say about revival but people tend to think oh britain needs a revival you know the world needs a revival Mm -hmm. but really it's it's the church that needs a revival it's the church that needs repentance 
It's the church that needs renewing. It's the church that needs an awakening. I mean, we've basically got a church that's a sleeping giant. Amen. Amen. And so many faithful people in the church, aren't there? I mean, that... And so so just imagine the church... Church in every corner, in in every city, in every town in this country there are many believers imagine what we could do uh, laura what, and what what's so encouraging uh, about what laura um, and dominic both said um, and i and i like it you know jesus of course you know he, he preached to 5000 families when he did the breaking of bread you know that's 20000 mm-hmm. people okay but he went and spoke to one woman at the well mm. and as a result of speaking to one woman the samaritan mm. revival was oh, so i think i think there's a lot going on that we're not really aware of mm. i think what i would add to that is that you know the church might be sleeping and locked down but you know there's this ecclesia rising I had the word remnant back sort of in March last year and it seems to keep cropping up and remnant is what's left of a community after a crisis, which is really quite apt. And my husband and I run the Harrogate filling station. And if you don't know what filling stations are, they're a, they're a, they're a, a movement um, led by Richard Fothergill. And basically we are, you know, sort of spirit filled worship, a powerful word and a ministry in the Holy Spirit. And that's happening all over the country, in fact, in different parts of the world. And so it's like this gathering of this uh, ecclesia. And what we found is whilst we've gone on Zoom is that more people have sort of come from different parts of the country and the world. We're kind of gathering our own tribe. I think it's looking very different to how to how church was. Um, and going back to what you were saying about, you know, Andrea, about the, the climate that we're in, I actually... Um, I've been at all the freedom protests in London because I, I'm, I am actually very anti-lockdown. I don't think it's very good for this country. And I see the repercussions of that. I work in mental health um, and I have a you know, heart for domestic abuse and I don't like to see people's businesses going off cliffs. So I, 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 I'm there advocating for the people. You've been living with some of the, you've actually seen some of the life, the real, the real, real time and real life examples of real life uh, yeah and the real pain the real pain, the, real pain the, the, real the victims of abuse nowhere to go nowhere no no escape yeah no but what i have found and i've always gone armed with a load of these is that there's a um you know there's there's a spiritual awakening in people there's a human enlightenment people have kind of they know they don't know what they're searching for but they know there's something else and and people have said to me things like um is this the antichrist is this end times you know they don't even know what those words mean and i'm getting asked all those sort of questions all the time there's there's a definite spiritual awakening and people are very open to prayer um and that and that's been an amazing experience actually so you're actually seeing people that i think one of the interesting things working in the sphere that uh, we do at christian concern and working in policy in, in policy in parliament is that we is you must never assume anything in terms of christian framework christian backdrop because we're almost in the worst of all worlds people think they know what christianity is but they don't really know what christianity is because it's many decades now it's it's several generations since there was a proper understanding of general understanding of the biblical framework 
uh, and of what that really means um, lived out or lived out in our laws, lived out in society. Um, so many people have been raised having no real understanding of what the gospel actually is. But you're saying, Laura, on the ground, in the one-to-one, there, there's almost a, a, a spiritual language or, or a sort of semi-Christian language that is being used by people that don't know the gospel. When they're no, talking about they yeah. yeah. So that's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Very interesting, yeah. And yeah. that, that, that yeah. gives an opportunity for conversation. On that, point, on that point, Andrea, yeah, a lot of people's mm -hmm. understanding of Christianity is a misunderstanding. That's right. And so it's always like you've got to disentangle people's yes. understandings yes. to be able mm -hmm. to introduce them to Jesus. That's yeah. absolutely it, especially in a world where, um, well, we've just had Pride Month, for instance. So especially in a world such as that, or um, there are a whole raft of issues where people kind of hear Christians sounding moralistic or think they, they're sounding moralistic, when very, their motivation and their love for Jesus is, is very often, um, it's, it's because, well, we love, we love the individual, don't we? When we're speaking the truth, when we're speaking God's truth, when we're speaking to, uh, seeking to reach, we want them to know the power of the gospel. They, we want them to know forgiveness and restoration. And I think that one of the interesting things around all of that is that they they have a misunderstanding about uh, uh, of, of of who we are and what the gospel is, and sometimes only think that they're hearing things that are judgmental uh, in the space. When in fact, we know that we're all that the message of the gospel is that we're all broken fallible sinful human beings and that the gospel is that jesus christ took our sin he bore it in his flesh poured out his blood for us broke his body that we might be restored to 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 eternal hope and eternal life that death would no longer um have its hold on us um how do you think we can pull that noise dominic how do you think we can get through that noise well, I, think I, 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 I think yeah, I would say I would say touching on a few a few of the things that everyone's been saying. I think I love I love how Jay John's reminding us of the sovereignty of God. I think that's essential. We we operate from that place of rest, but at the same time, I do believe there is we are we, we are being faced with a decision as as a kind of collective church in the UK, where you know it's the, it's the age old decision. It's this acts four. It's either we make an agreement with fear. And lockdown is all about fear. It's all about control. It's a spirit of fear. It's a spirit of, you know, inertia, really. Of course, there's been redemptive ways which we've heard about where God's moved. But but I, I honestly believe we were out in the streets. Just to give you some examples. We were out in the streets on Saturday. We were in Yeovil, very broken place, very poor town. Um, at one part of Yeovil, it was honestly one in every two, if not one in every three shops were up for let. They were just abandoned. And I thought, gosh, this is kind of apocalyptic almost. You know, it's just so, so much poverty. And there was a lot of addiction, a lot of gangsterism. So darkness, you know, gross darkness is covering the earth. Like, the, you know, that that is happening. But of course, the great opportunity is that we are the light of the world. We are going to we're going to stand out more. In the years to come, and I think I think when you asked the question, Andrew, about ten minutes ago, you said why you know why isn't it happening? 
I don't think we've seen a huge amount yet, but I think in the years ahead, we are going to see an explosion. Yes. The darkness is going to get worse and we're going to get lighter and we're yeah. going to shine brighter. Persecution always elicits more fire. I mean, that's again mm -hmm. where four, they were pushed, they were threatened, they went back, they prayed, and this is the sovereignty of God coming in again. God is never outplayed. All he needs to do is blow. And it's like a, a fire. No, nothing, darkness can never put out light. But I, and I think there's another area where we must take responsibility, and J. John alluded to this, and that's repentance. Yes. There needs to be some repentance. It starts with the church. It starts with the house of God. Where, and this is any leaders out there, anyone listening, it, personal repentance as well. An opportunity for us to say, Lord, you know what, I have. I've, I've been in bed with the world. I've, I've been in, you know, I've, I've been, I don't know, I need that porn addiction. I need to deal with it. I'm not having it anymore. It's eating my lunch. You know, or I've, I've, I've thrown out the word of God. You know, we just heard that the Methodist church is agreeing with same-sex marriage. You know, there's major compromise going on in mm. the church, and we need to repent. You know, God is a holy God. We're all going to stand before him, give an account for our lives. And uh, we need eternity back front and center, heaven and hell. And this is not just some club that we join and have a good life that sort of takes us to heaven. We are called. We have a high calling. And I really believe there's going to be a time of repentance in this next season. And, and as a result of the situation, God in his sovereignty is going to pour out his spirit. And we are going to see the change that you said. Why aren't we seeing it? It's going to blow up. I really believe that. I feel like the context that we're in is so ready for that. That's what's exciting mm -hmm. for those that will uh -huh. say yes. Yeah. And then I think also, finally, I would say that there is a, there's going to need to be a perseverance and a sowing. I was reminded of Galatians 6. It says, let us not grow weary while doing good. In due season, we'll reap if we do not lose heart. I want to encourage, you know, the door knockers. The, you know, when I get, when I get discouraged, when, when I preach the gospel off the back of our truck and it looks like everyone's wandering past, sort of uninterested, mm -hmm. you know, licking their ice creams which by the way, isn't everyone, but it, you know, it is a few. The pandemic has humbled us a little bit. And for a while people were far more open and now there's a little bit more kind of lethargy. But if, if we carry on sowing, that's a spiritual law, we will reap. And if it's not us, it'll be someone else. The gospel never returns void. So I wanna encourage people out there, keep doing it, keep posting. Do. I think what's, I mean, some of the comments that are coming through here, if the banger says any thought on how we navigate the great reset, I'd love to hear from J. John or the others comment on that. We've also had, um, seems that so many people are anti-lockdown in are uh, associated with CC. Um, then it says, but um, what about loving your neighbor? Um, you know, um, what does that look like? If you're going to love your neighbor, if you're going to love your neighbor, that's from our, 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 our W. So, so sad that loving your neighbor has lost its meaning um, is, a, is a comment that's come uh, through here. Um, so there's, you know, this, this, this kind of, um, there we are. People are addict, addicted to the live worship in church community as a club. So sad that lo lo loving your neighbor has lost its, has lost its meaning. I think I just want to say quickly, um, RW, that we've been representing um, tender street preachers during this, this period, and very often they are out there reaching the most lost, the most vulnerable, the marginalised, the people that will never be able to sit across the screen as we're doing this evening, um, and taking them food, taking them hope, giving them warmth. Real, this is real lifetime situations, people utterly broken in this period. Um, 
reaching out to the most marginalized, the people that are not even scooped up by our social services in any way at all. Um, or, you know, some of the churches that we were representing in our church lockdown actions, we had 83 year old ladies saying, this is my family. This is, without these people, I will commit suicide, one lady said. She said that on national television when, 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 the, when the cameras came to report on this, you know, the drug addict, ministers burying drug, uh, people that are drug addicted by suicide. Um, and, and none by COVID. I mean, not this is not to diminish the, the real and terrible issue that we've had uh, with COVID. Dominic, you put your hand up there. Yeah, I just wanted, on Saturday, I, I meant to say in Yeovil, we had um, three situations, I'll just quickly say. We had a guy called Matt, who was a, a an addict, and he'd had a, unfortunately, he'd been clean for a couple of years, but he had a relapse, and he lost his engagement to this woman, and he was very depressed, suicidal. We went out, about 80 of us, onto the streets. Uh, we met him outside a shop, a coffee shop in Yeovil, and Mark Marks, who's this guy with the healing gift, healing on the streets, said, you know, if God could do a miracle in your life, would, would you like one? And he said, of course, I'm a Christian. I'd love a miracle. And anyway, he, he, we prayed for him. He turned up to our meeting that night. He said, he said he'd been crying out to God for something to hang on to. And Mark, who he'd seen on TBN and watched on sort of, you know, various Christian programs, met him in, in front of a shop. And, and he, so he was jumping around at our event that night. We had another girl who we'd had, we had some um, rehab people out on the streets with us or people kind of still recovering. And she met a former inmate, um, someone who shared her cell. And this girl was um, high on lots of different drugs, was looking in a terrible state. But our friend who, who, who was in the rehab was rosy cheeked and full of the love of God. And she just said, mm -hmm. I don't understand. They met, they met on the street. The last time they saw each other was in a prison cell. And she said, I don't understand why you look so well. Why do you look so well? And she said, it's all Jesus. And so um, we've got to pray for that girl. And then there was another heroin addict who we picked off the streets and brought to our, again, to our evening. And she's joined the, the rehab in Wales that we're connected with. So it, there's, there, this is examples of loving, loving our neighbor. As we get out there, as the church, as we go out into the highways and the byways, God is going to line us up in these wonderfully omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, uh, sovereign ways. I think as well, there's going to be more signs and wonders and miracles. I, I feel a real sort of increase in opportunities to lay hands on people, to pray for them in the street. And, um, and I think that that's going to come with the repentance as well. Um, I'll just tell you really quickly a story on um, Telegram. I had a, um, I was just in a conversation with somebody and I put something very generic, like, you know, we just have to have our hearts ready and the Lord can come back at any time or something like that. Anyway, this woman messaged me privately and, I, and it reminded me, and not to be outbeaten by the boys, I'm going to read some scripture from mm -hmm. Acts chapter 16, where um, there's Paul and Silas and they're in prison. And then the jailer just kind of falls on his knees and says, you know, what, what must I do to be saved? And she literally messaged me, what, what must I do to be saved? And I, as I went through repentance, I gave her the salvation prayer. Um, I told her to read the gospel, uh, the gospels. And I told her maybe to hook up with um, an alpha or a local church. I asked her where she was and she said, Australia. And then that was it. I didn't hear anything. And then she messaged me a week later and she says, I've done it. Thank you so much for caring about somebody over the other side of the world. And I just thought, wow, that's amazing. So that's made my, my month. I love that story.
That is an amazing story. The um, Jay John, your your story about being in the prisons as a young criminal barrister. So this is almost forty years ago, <laughs> not quite forty years ago. Um, I had one of my. I always said that my my criminal career progressed with with Colin, um, Colin E. And he sort of started with kind of taking vehicles and um, and he progressed to uh, burglaries and it got more and more serious. But so I knew him for a number of years. I used to go and find him in his cell and he would say to me, Miss, Miss Minichiello, will you marry me? If you marry me, Miss Minichiello, I'll mend all my ways. It's the kind of thing he would do. So it's me and Colin E. Um, so I knew him over several years right at the start. Um, of of my career, but one day he would he came in again and he was really he got into so much trouble and he was looking at going down now for a long time. It got quite serious, and he'd been put on suicide watch. And I I grown and I was fond of Colin E, but then uh, he'd been put on suicide watch, and I knew that I didn't have to go back to him three weeks later. Just as you um, described Dominic, when I went back three weeks later. His face was entirely transformed. He looked radiant. He looked like a new creation. Why? Because he was a new creation. Miss, miss, I've got something to tell you. I met the chaplain, prison chaplain, and he told me everything I ever wanted to know. And I've met Jesus. And, And I said to him, Colin, that's amazing. I'm a Christian too. Can I pray with you before we go up, up? I was going to go up from, we were down, down in the cells. We were going to go up into the quarry. He said to me, yes, miss, but please, miss, why did you never tell me? Why did you never tell me? You see, there will be regulatory rules, why you don't speak, all these rules that stop you from telling people. I didn't tell him. That's always stayed with me. The thing that, she, and the thing about Colin E is that to this I know, I followed Colin E. He came came out, he married his girlfriend. Uh, You know, he's gone on to follow, to know and to love the Lord Jesus Christ. When he was sent down for a little while that day, he said, it's all right, miss, because I'm friends with the chaplain and I'm gonna find out more about Jesus. You know, why didn't you ever tell me? You know, this was someone who had an evangelist heart who was there every night with J. John in Weymouth mm. back in the day. But, you know, that was- Andrea, Andrea, that is so, it's a lovely story. And it's, you know, I often say that there are two reasons why people are not yet Christians today. One, they've never met a Christian. Two, they have met a Christian. <laughs> you know, we, we can either help somebody or we can hinder them. And, uh, and people sometimes say, oh, well, okay, how should we be doing evangelism now? And I say, well, exactly how we should have been doing it before. Mm. Uh, being more intentional in praying, really intentional in praying, praying for our neighbors, our uh, colleagues, our friends, our family. I mean, Killy and I, we wake up at 5.30 in the morning uh, and we pray. We're currently praying for 42 people who don't know Jesus that we know personally. You know, we pray for them every day. 
that the Lord will open their eyes, that the Lord will open the eyes of their hearts, that the Lord will give us access to them, the Lord will give us wisdom, the Lord will speak to them in dreams. Now, you know, I want to encourage every Christian to be doing that, praying, caring. People don't care how much we know until they know how much we care. And of course, we can't help everyone, but we can help someone. Mm. And, and, and I know the church and many Christians are helping, but it's just to reinforce that truth. But then thirdly, which is what you were saying with your story, it is sharing and it's sharing that good news uh, and it's being intentional about it. So Killy and I, my wife Killy and I, you know, we really are intentional. So for example, I'll just give you some recent stories. Um, so uh, two weeks ago, we invited two, two different women, but they're friends of each other. One not a Christian, one uh, a Christian, but got some other ideas as well that need disentangling. And we invited them for a meal. You know, it's like, we're already busy. We've got a full week. No, this was a Saturday night. Invited them for a meal. Talked to them about Jesus. That was, that was the agenda. And then I said to one of them, I said, if Jesus is knocking on your door and he'd like to come in, would you like him to come in? And she said, I would love him to come in. I said, would you like him to come in now? <gasps> would he? Would he? So we led her to the Lord. Okay, so that was just two weeks ago. Last Saturday, we invited um, two people. Uh, they're a couple, not married. He's an atheist. He's a, he's a professor of medicine who lives in our community. We invited him and his partner to come for dinner. Um, he's an atheist. I told him that God doesn't believe in atheists. Um, he loved the evening so much. I mean, four hours. Uh, they want us to go and have dinner with them. Uh, then the day after that, we invited two neighbours to come for afternoon tea. You know, Killy did the scones, did the cake, did the tea. For the, the purpose was to introduce them to Jesus. So I don't want people to think, oh, J. John just does these large events. You know, it's all about being intentional. And this is, I've just told you what we've been doing in the last two weeks. I want to say to now to everyone, this, this, this 45 minutes has gone very fast. And I just want to ask each one of you. I mean, I love the, the evangelist heart with those that really do believe in the power and the transformation of the gospel. Those here on this screen that love the Lord Jesus Christ, that love their neighbor, um, that love the church. I mean, when we've talked about the church, we, we love the church and we love the ecclesia, we love the body. What, what would you say as a, in a closing comment? Comment, I go, Dominic, Laura, Gage on the closing comment um, around um, in this COVID period from now, um, how is the gospel good news in a COVID to emerging? hopefully from a covid lockdown i'm not sure if we are but uh, uh from a lockdown period what you know what is it that, one thing that you want people perhaps to take away this evening okay yeah um 
Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day, capital D, approaching. My final um, exhortation is get together with the, with other Christians. Get together, worship the Lord together, and finally, fear God. We are at a time where there's all sorts of other fears, particularly fear of man, yeah. and we need to fear God at this time. When you when you have the fear of God, every other fear is dealt with, and you're free. God bless That's you. That's true. That's so true. To really love him and to fear him, to really fear him because he's so awesome and magnificent. They go together. The fear of God, the love of God go together. They do. Yes. Laura. Um, well, I'd say that the gospel is always good news. Um, and I think that it's that hope that we have that every morning when I wake up and some mornings I wake up and I think, oh, no, here we go again. You know, we don't know what today is going to bring. Um, and, it, you know, it can be dark sometimes and it feels corrupt and it feels um, an oppression. But we know how the story ends. And I would say just remember that we have the victory. We know how the story ends. And so, um, yeah, just just keep keep believing, know that Jesus is Lord, he's sovereign, and I agree with Don completely, and fear, you know, fear the Lord as well. Um, fear the Lord, you're in love of the Lord, love of neighbour, keep believing, fantastic. Jay John. Okay, Andrea, uh, some scripture from Matthew chapter 19. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. Now, those words were in the context of evangelism, bringing someone to Christ. And uh, I want to encourage everyone listening, uh, don't be discouraged, disheartened. With God, everything is possible. Uh, I, I preached at several funerals recently, taken funerals, and um, uh, at the funerals, I, I say, do you want to have hope? Do you want to have hope? If you want to have hope, you've got to go via King's Cross. <laughs> There's only one way, and that's the cross of the King. Amen. And we know that, and we need to let other people know that amazing for hope when for fear for the fear of death we need the fear of god uh, taken care of uh, in many ways by the by the cross yes and resurrection and resurrection the overcoming of death the sure overcoming of death um Amen. And what I love this evening um, in each one of you um, is your love of scripture, the living word of God. And just to really, again, just know that that living word of God speaks and sears into the soul of all that was, is a living word of God. And to really have the faith and belief that when we give them the word, when we tell people about the word of God, when we give them a Bible, uh, imagine people would lose their, their lives their imprisonment mm. um they would what well, they would face imprisonment um 
for the Bible. So to value the word of God and to cherish it is so great. Thank you to each one of you. It's wonderful. Jay John. Can I say a prayer? Yes, please. Right. Please. All participants, I, I'm going to ask, I'm going to say, put your hand on your heart. Put your hand on your heart now. Uh, I, I'm going to ask Dominic to pray for everyone that needs a healing miracle. When he's prayed that prayer, I'm going to pray for a fresh empowering of God's spirit to be a witness on you. Is that all right, Dom? That's great. Yeah, I'd love great. to. Father, thank you for every single person. You know exactly what's going on with them and you love them, Lord. And you drew close in the person of Jesus and you healed the sick. And Lord, thank you that when you bore stripes, 39 stripes on your back, healing was released. So I release that healing power right now to touch bodies. I command sickness go in Jesus name. I rebuke infirmity, affliction, trauma, fear in the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus be healed. Thank you, Lord. Let them receive. Let them receive what you did on the cross. The perfect finished work. Let faith be imparted, Lord. And we thank you for what you're doing in their bodies right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray now, I pray for a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit on every uh, one that has tuned in and ourselves too. Make those springs of living water well up within us to overflowing. May we have the fire of your spirit. Give us a fresh zeal and a passion to seek and to save the lost. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who joined with us this, this evening. I pray that you are refreshed. I pray that you know the presence and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you know the power of the gospel, you have the confidence in it. But really this evening to know him mm. and to have a deep desire to make him known to others by the power of the cross, mm. by the power of the gospel. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, stay with us generally. Stay with this movement. Stay with uh, this movement of people that really know and love the Lord Jesus Christ, such that we want to see revival in our land. Great to be with you. Mm.